If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hey there. Welcome back to the Behind the Mirror podcast. So glad you joined us again this week. Today we're tackling the topic of anxiety and I get honest and bare bones with you in this episode and open up about my journey with anxiety, how I got to where I was having daily panic attacks and when I started identifying what was triggering them and how I now view anxiety as an invitation towards healing. So It's a transparent episode. It's one that I think affects so many of us, and it's one of those things we don't talk about, which is exactly why we need to talk about it. So before we get into the episode, we have a couple of new fun things happening. I have opened up a Facebook group, a private group for this podcast, and I am really excited because I think it'll give us an opportunity to connect further, maybe go deeper and share stories and talk further about all the stuff that I talk about here. Um, So if you want to opt into that group, go to my website, justajesusfollower.com backslash podcast backslash podcast group, and you can opt in there and, um, You'll get an invitation and be in the group. I also have set up a voicemail for this podcast. So if there's something that I talk about that you're like, oh my gosh, that resonates and I have a story I need to share or I have a question about this or I wish she would have gone deeper about this. Um, Any questions, any feedback, I would love to hear it. And so if there's something that clicks with you or something that you wish I would have um, explained or talked about more, or you have a story that you have something to add to what we're talking about here, that's what this is for. So the number for that, you can call in any time. It's 913-890-3528. And I will be checking it often. And um, who knows, you might hear yourself on the podcast. Unless, of course, you tell me otherwise, um, then I will respect that and definitely will not share it. But I look forward to hearing from you guys and connecting with you even further and forming our own little tribe because you know what? I need a tribe and maybe some of you do too. So without any further ado, here's our episode on anxiety. Welcome back to the podcast show, Behind the Mirror. I am happy you are with us today. Today, I wanted to talk about something that has been a very close thing in my life, and that is the topic of anxiety. 
And when I say anxiety, I get that a lot of us have already a preconceived idea as to what we think anxiety might mean, or we run to past experiences in our life and our head. I get that. I thought I would take a minute just to expose where anxiety has been this quiet lurking monster in my life and where I'm at on my journey with it. Because I think that the more we're able to say things out loud to each other, to a friend, to a therapist, even just sometimes on paper, getting it out of our heads, it starts a healthy dialogue where we can begin to ready ourselves to move past it. We can begin to arm ourselves to fight for a better life. And there's nothing worse than being stuck in your head. And that's one of the things that anxiety has done for me. So um, I think when I first started noticing that I was beginning a path of panic attacks and full-blown anxiety was I would say after the birth of my third child was when they started, and they were pretty minor then. Um, I My middle two babies I had back-to-back, so they were about 22 months apart. What? Right? Like crazy town central. <laughs> I had two in diapers, and I was at home, and I felt like I was losing my mind 24-7. Ironically, looking back now, because those two now um, are seven and nine, those are some of the sweetest memories. Like I have the most fond, precious, yummy memories of those years, but in the middle of them, I was sleep deprived and juggling what felt like a thousand things every minute of every day. And my, um, my husband at the time was, was working all the time. So I was alone with the babies a lot. And you know, it begins to, to rattle you. And, um, and he also went through a business crisis around that time. So our income was like drastically cut that same year. So it felt like everything was just hard. And I remember that feeling of not being okay a lot. But it was never crippling. It wasn't debilitating. It was just a kind of a a quiet rumbling in the back of my head, if that makes sense to you. Um, And so the babies start to grow and grow and I get busier and and they get bigger and um, life shifts and it's a different rhythm and um, the tension in my marriage was getting worse. Um, And that was like an undercurrent for years, but after that season, it just got a lot more tense and a lot more challenging. And so that was, you know how you feel like you're kind of like spinning plates all the time? Um, and we all have different things we're spinning, whether it be career or family or or interests or hobbies or even our like justice work and things that we're involved in, in being, you know, good to the world around us. Even that can feel like a plate that we're spinning. Well, I was spinning a lot during these years. And after the birth of my fourth daughter, who is now three years old, oh my gosh, she's just a joy and a ray of sunshine everywhere she goes. Noah is her name. And I am absolutely enamored by this girl, but when I found out I was pregnant with her, I was 
elated and terrified at the same time. And any woman who's out there, men probably feel this too, like that shock factor of, oh my God, we're having another one. (laughs) Like panic sets in, right? And so panic started setting in, but you got nine months to prepare. So during these nine months, I was really trying to get in a healthy headspace. And that was when I really became aware of the anxiety and how much it was affecting everything. And I chalked a lot of that up to pregnancy hormones, but after she was born, it became a crippling part of my life. And I didn't deal with postpartum, thankfully, um, but I did deal with anxiety. And so for me, I, I would have a, my daily cup of coffee and my daily panic attack. It was just a thing. Every morning I dealt with a panic attack. And what's so crazy is I didn't even know that that was what they were until like really far in. I just thought, Oh, I'm just, I get so hot in the mornings. You know, I'd be getting ready and I would get sweaty. Anxiety takes form in a lot of different ways. For me, I get very sweaty. Um, Like I almost feel flushed all of a sudden. Like my face feels hot. Um, My eyes water. And I feel like I can't breathe. That's when I'm starting to have a panic attack. Well, I thought that the stress of getting ready every morning, along with getting ready all of my little people, along with the tension in my marriage, along with pastoring, along with, you know, what have you for the day. I just thought I, you know, was just overwhelmed by all that. I had no idea that it was actual panic attacks. Well, they began manifesting in full-blown, couldn't breathe panic attack moments. And one thing led to another. That last year, as you all know, um, marriage fell apart stopped working at the church, became a single parent. All these things thrust me into, hello, you need to care for your mind. You need to care for yourself. And um, I think that I thought anxiety was just a part of life. I don't think that I ever gave myself permission to admit that I was so alone in my marriage, I don't think I gave myself permission to admit that I was completely underwater with all these little ones. And just this overwhelming feeling of I can't do it all. Which leads me to the epiphany I had today, which is what I want to share with you guys. Or actually, maybe it was yesterday. I was listening to a podcast by Rachel Hollis. Some of you may know who she is. Great podcaster, great author. Check her out. Um, And she did a podcast on anxiety and she talked about the triggers of anxiety. And until that moment, I don't think I'd let myself sit and think about what is it that triggers my anxiety and come to find out my trigger is very silly, but very real. And when I say silly, I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, this is what throws you into panic like this. This is the thing. So the thing for me is I am terrified of making people unhappy. I'm terrified of letting people down and I'm absolutely terrified of people not liking me. And the not liking me part 
is not as surface as you think. It, it The not liking me part kind of ties into the, I'm afraid that you're going to be so disappointed because I didn't meet your expectations that then you will decide to not like me. Not that you just don't like me on the surface. That honestly doesn't bother me. If you don't know me and you don't like me, I'm okay. But if I've given 110% to you, I've given you all that I have, and you're disappointed, and because of that, you don't like me, that is just like my biggest, greatest fear. And so I started realizing that my triggers are in moments when I feel like I'm about to let someone down or when I feel like I'm about to say something that will disappoint someone else, Um, which is why I tended to never say no to people and why I tended to always smile and say I was fine, which is why I have landed in probably the state that I'm in. Um, I was very opposed to admitting out loud where things were wrong and I'm going to be gracious and kind to myself in that the people in my life, um, specifically in marriage, it was not a a welcome place for me to voice things like that. So that was a learned behavior throughout my life that when things were wrong, when things were hard, I needed to just buck up and be quiet. Hello, therapy. We are working through this in therapy. But nonetheless, that set the pattern of sheer terror of disappointing people. And so I realized the extent of this when, after I listened to that podcast episode, I reached out and messaged Rachel and I don't know her, but I wanted to reach out and just tell her how much I resonated with, with her podcast. And so I sent her a message and I kid you not, I was in sheer panic over this message, face hot, eyes watering. And I'm aware of it now, right? And I'm like, oh my gosh, woman, get it together. It is a Facebook message. You may never see this person. Why are you so afraid? Why are you so panicky? Well, I'm terrified that I'm going to say something that will make her not like me, or I'm going to say something that would disappoint. I don't even know. I'm just saying that trigger is legit for me. And so I've been chewing on this a lot lately, and I feel like for a lot of us, we really do just accept that anxiety is part of our life, and we don't stop and do the work to figure out what is it that's triggering this thing. Because I think once we figure out the trigger, we're able then to start some healing that probably needs to happen. And I know there are some people that are anti-medicine. I get that. I'm not taking anything right now other than um, natural supplements. But I have friends, I have family who would not be the wonderful, loving, steady people that I know if they were not on medication. So I'm a huge advocate for mental health and I'm a huge advocate for for taking medicine if you need it. And your mind is the most valuable thing that you have. So if you had a disease in your liver or in your kidney or in your heart, right, you would be seeing a doctor and you would be getting any medication and any treatment needed to fix that. And I think our minds are the same. When we see something that is not well and something that's sick and not working right, we're not helping ourselves by ignoring it. You know, the best thing you can do is be your own advocate and get every form of treatment, medicine if needed to to help that thing to be the best, healthiest you. So I'm hugely, hugely a fan of that. Um, but I really think 
that the work part of figuring out where this trigger is coming from and how I can get maybe a step or two ahead of it so that I see it when it's coming will be hugely freeing for me. And so this has been um, this has been something I've been working on for the past year, but what I'm really, really honing as of now is trying to figure out how to be a step ahead. And so I don't know if I'm the only one. I'm thinking I'm not. I'm thinking a lot of you guys probably resonate with this. Um, I set up a voicemail actually for this podcast so that if I talk about something that resonates with you, um, you can call and you can share how it resonated with you, leave a message. And, um, eventually I'd like to use some of the comments on the podcast for, you know, just feedback for other people that could probably benefit from what you have to share, unless you tell me otherwise. Then of course I will honor your privacy, but, um, feel free to call that voicemail anytime. The number is 913-890-3528. And like I said, leave anything that's on your heart that you want to share. Um, would love to hear it. But I do think that this is a conversation more and more of us need to have. I think that this has become one of those hidden topics that we hide from and we don't open up about. And so I'm being completely transparent with you. And and I'll be honest, in the in the field that I'm in, in writing and in podcasting now, um, back when I was speaking on Sunday mornings, no joke, sheer terror every time I push publish on a blog, sheer terror every Sunday morning before I got up and preached a sermon. I'm actually okay with the podcast thing so far. I get terror when I'm editing and then I'm going to publish it. That's when I start to freak out. When I'm actually recording it, like right now, I'm not nervous. Um... But when I know that it's about to be heard or seen by someone else, that is when I get completely like frozen. And so this is something I'm working through. I am by no means ahead of this, but I want to be. And I'm hoping that this is something that for those of you that are finding yourselves in a similar boat, that you can like raise your hand and be like, hey, Anna, I hear you. I get you because I am walking this too. And this sucks and this is hard, but this is what's helping me or something. I would love to hear your feedback um, and hear if there are things that are working from you. I wrote a blog, I don't know, I think it was a couple, maybe three blogs ago about fear and anxiety. And and I put in there a few of the things that are helping me. Um, so feel free to check that out on my blog. Um, and so, you know, we start to find things that work and we share them with each other and we find community and acceptance in being open and honest. And for anybody who has been in a church setting or a um, faith group setting who's been hurt by this topic, I just want you to hear me when I say that having anxiety is not some spiritual attack. Having anxiety does not mean that you don't have faith. Having anxiety does not mean that you are weak and that you just need to fast and pray some more. It really doesn't. Oftentimes, anxiety is a, a um, it's like a wake-up call to some things in your life you probably need to look at. I am now starting to look at anxiety as an invitation to go find some healing for some things that I'm afraid to look at or have been afraid to look at. So anxiety is not a bad thing. It feels like a monster lurking in the dark that you never know when it's going to like jump out and scare you. 
But actually, when we start looking at it, when we start being not afraid of the dark, right? But we actually turn on the lights and sit down and say, okay, anxiety, I recognize that you are here. I see you, but I don't want you to be in control of me anymore. So what is it that you're trying to get my attention about? What is it? For me, I told you it's that fear of disappointing people. So now I know where to do the work. Now I know when I sit my butt in the therapist chair, I know, okay, this is what I need to talk about. Clearly, I'm terrified of letting people down. Where did that start? Going back to my childhood, which is I'm sure where she's going to take me, (laughs) right? And walking through some of that stuff. It's not fun walking through past hurts, but it's not fun living afraid of them either. And every time that I feel anxious because someone's not going to like me or I'm going to disappoint somebody, I'm living captive to something that happened way behind me that I really don't want to be affected by anymore. So anxiety is often an invitation into healing and into a much better life, the life you were meant to have, the life you're supposed to have. I really don't think I'm supposed to sweat and have runny crying eyes when I'm writing a Facebook message. For real. I really do not think that that is the best life for me. <laughs> so I'm taking steps and I'm certainly not at the end of this race, but I want to be at some point. I really do. So wherever you are on this race, Oh my gosh, you're not alone. You're not alone. And I hope that by me talking about this, you feel like you have someone in your corner. That you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. No, 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 no. You're not crazy. You've had a life. You've had rough experiences. You've probably had some rejection. You've probably had maybe some trauma, some abuse. Who knows? What I do know is that life is complicated. What I do know is that life is messy. What I do know is that God is good and he came to give you a life that's full with not heavy burdens to carry around. That's what I do know. And so if I know that, that I know that that's what I'm supposed to be walking towards. So I walk that way. I think that your best days are ahead of you. I think that you are capable of getting exactly what you feel that your life is supposed to look like. And I have a feeling that a lot of times what holds you back and what holds me back is anxiety. So, hello anxiety. It's out in the open. We see you. We acknowledge you. But guess what? We're going to have a conversation with you and we're going to figure out where you came from. So, If this resonates with you, I hope that you take whatever steps are in front of you to start doing the work to take that invitation in towards healing, whether it be booking a therapist appointment, whether it be calling a friend and being like, hey, I'm not okay. You, my friends, have permission to not be okay. You have permission to not be okay at all. You have permission to fall apart. You have permission to be freaked out. You have permission to be disappointed and pissed off and sad and mad and all the things. You have permission. And you also have permission to sit in it until you're ready to leave it. You have that permission. Sitting with it is an invitation towards healing. Sitting with it is an invitation towards getting rid of whatever it is that plagues you from behind you. 
and you're worth that. And the people you love are worth that. You know, I, my therapist has told me this a few times. She has said to me, often we don't think about the people that we love and how our mental health affects them. And oh my gosh, that's so hit home for me because I've lived with people who are mentally not well. I have been in close relationship with people with mental illness. So I get that, like that resonates with me. And so when I spin the mirror around and I look at myself and I go, oh, okay. My anxiety is not only often what feels like a prison for me, but it is certainly not giving the people I love the best of me. And they deserve the best of me. And your people that you love, they deserve the best of you too. So take the invitation. Don't hide from anxiety. Take the invitation to take a deeper look as to what is triggering that thing. And how can you take steps to push yourself towards getting healing from it? I love you guys. I love whatever is happening in your life that has brought you to the place where we can connect here. I love it. And I am rooting for you and I'm in your corner. So on that note... I would love, again, to connect with you through our podcast Facebook group. And um, if you don't have it, the address, again, is just a Jesus follower backslash podcast backslash podcast group. And you can opt in there and join the conversation. There's like five of us in that group already. I mean, clearly it's like the happening place to be, so you don't want to miss it. <laughs> so join in, opt in. Would love to connect with you and not feel so alone. Um, next week we have a great, great episode. My brother is going to be co-hosting with me and we're going to tackle the lovely topic of all of the sexual abuse charges that are coming out in churches and the response of churches to these allegations and charges. And we're going to go through some top news stories and we are going to hit this topic, me from a female perspective and him from a male perspective. So it's going to be a fantastic episode and um, would love for you to join us. If you're not already subscribed to this podcast, Go subscribe, go to iTunes, go to whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts and subscribe. That way you won't ever miss an episode and we can stay connected. So thanks again for tuning in today. Love you guys. And I can't wait to see where your journey goes on figuring out your triggers from anxiety and walking yourself into that invitation of healing. See you next week. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.